Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the... Well, we got bored during quarantine and we started a podcast. Podcast. Uh, welcome back. If you're wondering why that's happening, uh, you can blame Big Bessie. You can uh, contact her on Instagram. I don't know her exact terminology. I think it's at Big Bessie. Terminology? <laughs> terminology. What do you call it? Your Your Instagram handle such a fancy word uh yeah you can you can find her over on yeah big bessie the what's well, it is a big bc like with double e and you can write her a complaint letter if you have any problems with this podcast uh any random knocking noises also the reason we're dragging this out is because she listens to the podcast so we just want to make her sure that she feels nice and awkward overall we're joking <laughs> if you didn't hear anything who cares um welcome back we also have the violin makers making some noise upstairs it's a busy tuesday afternoon is it not hamsey all them artists doing their thing doing their thing having a good time because you know we keep working even if there's no pay it's like what else would we do in life well would you still create you know yes we do it's like it's 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 almost like a OCD, not OCD, but you know, like a compulsion. It's like I must create something. It's funny you you think this. I was had this thought in the toilet a few minutes ago, um, <laughs> which was, and it came from the process was I had just finished this book right called The War Doctor, um, and uh, it's about this this doctor who who goes to the front line and who's uh, yeah, who's a surgeon and he he works in in the front line of many really horrific wars around the world. Um, but I was kind of thinking, I was sitting there, I was like, oh, I wonder if any art is made during wartime? Um, and the reason I thought about it was for that exact, that reason, I was thinking, okay, it's got, we're going back, the, 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 the way my mind works is, is confusing at the best of times. But I you thought about, about me not having context. Well, no, I'm getting there. Now you behave yourself. Okay. And listen carefully, because it all makes sense. All right. So the reason that this thought came, I was like, oh, why do they, you know, is there any art that's made during wartime? Was because I was like, oh, it's it's like a compulsion. You know, art is, is like a compulsion. Like, you feel the need to make it, irrespective, yeah. to a certain extent, of circumstances. Because I had linked it to the fact that I was thinking about our Criminal Minds series that we were listening to. <laughs> and that whole thing they do where, oh, serial, like, serial killers see themselves as artists. I was like, that's, uh, well, that's bullshit. Like, don't blame us. And then <laughs> I realized that there is... We have the same kind of compulsion, just not to kill, it's just to create. Yeah. Um... And so that's how that came about. And I was like, oh, I was like, and then you think about the circumstances. Is there any circumstances that you would push you not to create? You know, there's always periods where you're not creating, but is there any period where you're not thinking about creating? Mm. I was thinking of the war zones. And I was like, I bet there's war that, co- like this, there's art that comes out of war because it's such a, I mean, it's in a, a terrible crucible. way. It's, it, it's like a pressure cooker. I think th- stuff has to come out. Um, the question is, who's, you know, the audience who's the audience right um and will that audience like may it always stays local maybe it could or, be may, or maybe like it that, never right? escapes no, maybe it, it dies yeah. in the war with it like i would be really curious to know if there was you know stories of of, of war zones and, and art created during i feel it, like graffiti would be a it's one of those a mediums that you could that i could see flourish in a rugged unstable situation like war yeah i could definitely see graffiti doing that i mean i think it depends on on what kind of war it is or how under attack you are all the time as to how much time you spend in the streets but i think graffiti is one of those ones that you could definitely see being kind of because i feel like you know there would be a lot of anger there would be a lot of frustration uh you know so 
graffiti is one of those art forms that, you know, it, it can go from the point of, you know, making a, a political statement and a rebellion to the, the current state to, oh, let's just beautify our old industrial sites, right? Um, it, it can vary. And also possibly even the feeling of, of going against the law, if that makes sense. You know, graffiti yeah. is, is... rebellion. Is, it's rebellion, exactly. It's born from rebellion. Um, whether it's a need to rebel because you don't have space to flourish in, or it's just for the sake of rebellion, you know, just for... Just because, like, teenagers, like, I just want to go against the flow. yeah. There's got to be stuff. I was trying to think of any like famous pieces that come out, or like whether famous artists have been under huge amounts of pressure to, like. I don't know if I don't know about art specifically that's been created in war zones. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do know um, about art being made inspired by the wars. So, for yeah. example, Pablo Picasso's La Guernica is, is oh, I think. Cube, I might be wrong, but it's a cubist painting. It's a huge, long, like I don't know how many meters long okay. painting, and he and it's it's a it's a, it's a battle scene. Like it's it's very violent. Like you see the the, the bull kind of kind of chopped, even in, in those like sh- oh, weird I think shapes. I know the one. And he vowed that that painting would never go back to Spain until Franco, the dictator in like the 1930s, 1940s, uh, was out of power. So fascism was out. Um, yeah. And it was a political statement, the painting itself, and also the fact that the painting, him being a Spanish painter, uh, would not go back to his home country. So I do know that. And I could even argue that Banksy, Banksy's work is also about oh maybe, yeah. a, maybe a more... I don't know if he has war work or just like um, no, he know, does the, the fight against police and the, the people. I think he has some, some about I think he has some about the, 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 the nuclear weapons. Okay. Uh, that one I'm I'm pretty certain of. But. So you do see artwork like that. That's kind of I don't know if we could say derivative, but you know it comes from the experience of it. Because I was thinking also about refugees and kind of how that's one thing that if you are an artist, you can take with you is you know your own art skills, but also the local cultural arts kind of scene or you know the skills that came with it, the inspiration around it, and how you could recreate that somewhere else as a form of. I don't want to say nostalgia because nostalgia suggests that there's there's pleasant memories as you know there's all pleasant memories like warm but, feelings but that kind of you know nostalgia meets melancholy maybe yeah. um, but that was kind of an interesting idea like yeah do 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 artists stop making art or stop feeling the compulsion to I think make you don't art? stop feeling the compulsion I think you might be in a situation where well I I don't have time. To put aside for it, because art doesn't always bring back money, right? It very rarely end, brings back money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, you know, you might have to put that time aside for work and to take care of your family, and that gets priority. And you put aside your your art and or your compulsion to create art uh, aside for a while until you find time again. Well, circumstances become too too stressful. What's that story you had about? Was it Michelangelo? Oh yeah, Be- uh, yeah. He he was actually for four years. He he didn't do any work, because believe it or not, back then in the Renaissance, there were there were um, lawsuits, and he he was fighting a lawsuit that he had received. I think for a piece of work that the commissioner didn't like or was unhappy with, um, and the whole legal process was so stressful on him. And that the, for the four years that this was going on, he did not produce anything. 
so I think I think yeah, being stressful and not being in a good state of mind can affect your work. I will argue though that sometimes stressful moments do help you create. Oh yeah. Um, f- for example, like when you write when you're sad or you paint when you're sad or stressed or, or anger. angry. Like anger is one of, a big driving force for creating things. But I, I do think there is a certain state of mind that will block you. I'm yeah. not sure what that is exactly. I'm trying to, I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to work like, it out in my head. It's, it's like, like a mix of stress, depression, I don't know. Because the idea that we've lost four years worth of Michelangelo's work is kind of, it's quite a, a humbling one. It was a man who, who would later become the one of the most famous artists of all time. And that was his career. That's what he lived off. Yeah. Right? This and is... for four years, he gave the whole thing up. You're like, what would he have produced in those four years had that lawsuit not gone on? Um, yeah. And, you know, they don't live that long in that period of time. Uh, you know, four years is a decent chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah, but it is, it's a, interesting. But I think that there is, it's like... There's a right kind of pressure. There's like a pressure cooker environment and there's like a nuclear power point, like power point, power plant, <laughs> a nuclear power plant kind of environment. Like the pressure cooker is good. Like it's the right, the right settings, the right kind of frustrations, the right kind of mentality. I feel like a nuclear power plant is just overwhelming. And I think that's where the lawsuit yeah. comes in. Um, But yeah, I was like, yeah, there's got to be so much. Because... I was like, yeah, certain like emotion is a good driving force, but I think external worry is not. I think intrin like intrinsic kind of emotions and not necessarily stress, but like anger, happiness, uh, excitement, sadness, like all of those emotions which are very human, which we all experience at different times in our lives, um, are a big driving force for art and for creating and difficult times in your you know in your day to day. But I feel like a lawsuit, which is kind of all-consuming. Yeah, and I think you and there's nothing you can't you can do advance to speed it up because there's so many other factors that play yeah. in. You have like very little control besides just enduring. Which is then the question of like you know when you come back to the idea of the war, you know, you literally all you're doing is enduring. Yeah, you know, is is that a place that art has been created? Like if you if anyone's listening and they happen to know of pieces of art created during wartime or you know created in a war area in a war area area. like it'd be really interesting to know what exists if if anything because that would be a stressful environment too yeah but also the i could imagine that the also the idea that you've created them potentially got destroyed yes exactly but i feel that the 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 knowledge of um you know i feel like it's got both situations it's got the the bad it's like the nuclear power plant of like there's a war going on all around you but you must have so many emotions like coursing through your veins at all points in time yeah and how angry you must feel at the whole situation that it would be ironically the perfect environment for creating art as well in, in a certain yeah like internal environment a message not an ideal external environment no it, it's funny um in biology there's a I don't know if it's a theory, but I, I, they've shown studies of how um, basically d- things that disrupt an ecosystem. Uh-huh. So, for example, it could be a hurricane, right? Um, and that a certain amount of disruption is conducive to increasing diversity in your ecosystem. So you might have, because you you have, there's a, pr- a progression of how, let's just say, I'm going to use the example of plants here, but, you know, they'll start growing. You have the first 
grassy seeds but then because these grass is growing there that allows for new environment where you know trees can grow and it kind of i've jumped quite ahead but then when you have for example a hurricane might break down trees then all of a sudden you have these open patches where new plants can grow Uh but that wouldn't have grown without anything because maybe it's protected or anything so a certain amount of disruption is conducive to creation or survival of new and new things and diversity but when the disruption is so often or so intense, like in the case of a nuclear power meltdown, um, then you destroy everything. So the, there is like let's per, a sweet spot of disruption that you yeah. don't want it to be too often or too intense that it stops. No, but and you I, need I, some. You need some, and I, and I think that it's not just an ecosystem. I think it works also in our creativity. Um, and in many other situations in, in life um where just a bit of disruption is is, is good it's uncomfortable but it's it's good for our creativity yeah because this kind of also comes back to like what people think that freedom is is the kind of the perfect environment for creation and by freedom i mean you know like oh we put no restrictions there's no restrictions there's nothing we don't we don't tell you what we want or what we did that and the other yeah. and really there's no starting point which makes it very difficult to create something um i find at least i think many artists find it that certain restrictions are conducive to production yeah to producing something to creating something you're working within a certain set of guide like you know, you're working with like a box. Like your restrictions are the box and you're working inside it, but you can also see outside it. Like, so you can work also outside. Like you just need to know, you need something to start. Yeah. Um, and I, that can come through disruption. That can come from people setting some guidelines of what they want or, you know. Setting a barrier. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, there's too many of them and you have the opposite problem, but a few is extremely helpful for like creativity. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah, no, I find the the idea of, yeah, you, you have no limitations. It's sometimes like trying to work in a vacuum, you know, where there's there's nothing. There's yeah. blank in space and quiet. Well, it's a bit like giving someone a piece of, uh, like, like a, you're giving them a, a oh, no, you're just t- telling someone. Okay, tell me the first word that comes to your head. It's a, it's quite hard. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that like in improv you train. I but then if you go give me the first color that comes in your head, blue. Yeah, that's a lot easier. So it's, it's, it's some, it's like knowing how to set limitations that help creativity rather than versus limitations it. that really block you. Yeah, because I think when you're too specific, that that can be blocking because well, it's too controlling. True. But I mean, to get to that stage is quite is quite something. I think it's when you're you're someone trying to control your work. Yeah, that's when you have it. But for the most part, restrictions that come in are usually helpful. If you if you're like, okay, I want flexibility within this, which is like, yeah, you give me the restrictions, but if I think it, you know, it really doesn't work, it needs to not, be broken. It, it, it will broken, be broken. It will yeah. be broken. Kind of yeah. thing. Because it's almost like you cannot think of breaking it if there wasn't anything to break at all. In, oh, exactly. In the first case. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it. Yeah. The, the idea. Help. The idea of that unique inspiration is, I think. Uh, it's not really a thing. What do you mean unique inspiration? What are you... The idea that someone's sitting somewhere and, and a great idea comes to their head. Now, <laughs> it, it always sounds like it's something that happens, you know, like All the snappy fingers. But really, it's about, you know, things that you've heard, you've been seeing recently. You're like, oh, yeah, very few people have that. Um, that kind of 
flame of creativity of something completely unique and specific but it's usually around either themes that you care about yeah things that you've you're cultured upon um or whatever yeah it's always derivative and sometimes also working with restrictions like this irritates me how do i fix it with my my art for example um like, I don't feel there is such a thing as, as the original thought, as per se. Like, I think original thought is just... It's, Chicken or the egg. Well, it's like, the original thought is, is, is the idea that you're thinking, like, as if you had, like, a blank space and you just pull out a sentence from it. Yeah. But really, we're, we're much more complex as creatures than that. That, you know, we can't... We are a mix of our emotions and our... Our, our experiences. Our experiences and our cultures and all these parts of us make us an artist. Um. And and I I have seen quite a few times uh, ever since I read that book from Austin Kleon, uh, on how what was it how to steal how to steal like an artist how to steal like an artist good book by the way if you uh, want a recommendation yeah um, and I have seen it in other artists kind of recommending something similar which is the idea of kind of don't be afraid to use your inspirations the things that move you the things that you see the artists that you know their work because you're never gonna mimic it. E- exactly the same because you're always going to find something like no i like this feeling or this color but i'd like to give it a twist in this and yeah, the it, twist you give might be because of another influence you have in your life whether it's you know cultural or another artist you like and to be okay with it yeah because i think if you're an artist who who at least uh, you're, you're an actual artist like you're not you're not trying to be a forger you're, you're trying to be yeah a, so trying to be an artist like you will always look at someone's work and go oh that's amazing but I would love it if there was this, or I'd love it if that color was actually this color, uh, or like you, or maybe you see multiple pieces of art by the same artist and go, ah, oh, actually, I'd like the color of painting three with the picture of painting one with the line style of painting two. Yeah, and it, 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 like even just that in itself, even though none of those things are your own, it starts to show your own style through it, what you care about. Yeah. Um. But no, I agree. And I think you shouldn't be... I think it's something that's taken me a very long time to come to terms with. I think any young artist or aspiring artist or someone who refuses to call themselves an artist but likes to draw, um, I think that's something that you... When you do come to terms with it and when you can, can be very empowering. Also liberating. Because then it's you're not liberating. afraid of, of using inspiration well, and running with it. And you're not afraid of, of looking at things and, and breaking it down and going, what do I like and what do I dislike? And actually seeing it as you know, finding your style being an active process rather than a passive one. Yeah. You know, a passive one would be that, you know, it would just, one day you'll be sitting on a bench and your style will come to you, which is completely unrealistic. It's a bit like kind of sitting on a bench going, well, at some point I'll become a surgeon. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, no, you have to test different mediums, test different color palettes, test, you know, or writing, different writing styles, whatever the the kind of art form that you you are pursuing and also not even be afraid of, of crossing kind of mediums whether it's from writing to painting music you know to always be drawing inspiration from different areas that's it's okay that is the whole point that is the whole process of creation yeah that is that is the what do they call it it's the artist's journey isn't it yeah I think that's the whole point of it but no I don't believe in that unique that unique inspiration idea and as a biologist I'd like to even take this even further oh dear uh, the, the metaphor because even if you look at... Is this another, like, six abs kind of moment? Is this going to be one of those moments? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, but I'm thinking of the idea of, like, we're taking in a bit of, you know, different art forms and inspiration to make your own. If you see it in in, in life, we're to create our body or to maintain it, to, we eat 
yes. other organisms. We take a bit of other things, break it down, and then make it into our own. Um, so if if nature does it, we can also do it, do it for art, for Indeed. our own art. That is touche. Also, not sure how I feel about you calling food organisms, but all right. Well, it's true. Plants, animals. Plants. They're all organisms. I give you that. Fungi. Fun- we're back at fungible <laughs> again, aren't we? Uh, oh, but I think that's kind of an interesting interesting output, at least. So the question is then, you know, how do you find your style in wartime? In wartime? And do you imagine how it must be affected? I think it's like the, kind of the same idea as Goya's like full-on breakdown. You know, his, what do they call them? The dark, was it just, they call them the dark paintings? Goya's dark phase right at the end of his life. Oh, yeah, I don't, just, I don't like, know about He him. locked himself in his house and just covered his house in these like terrifying, like he painted all the walls black and then he painted on them. Just for context, like, these horror. this is the guy who painted um, in this Cronus, Cronus uh, eating his children, which is basically the, the father of Zeus and all the, the guy. He's like the, you, the you titan. You will have undoubtedly seen this painting. Even it's if you don't so know what disturbing. It is. it is proper disturbing. It looks he like look, a Kronos lo- looks like a nutcase. And you have a baby that's missing, I think, his I don't feet. think it's a baby. It looks like a full body, like a full man. Oh, I thought it was a baby. I, it was like I didn't a baby. think it was a baby. Oh, interesting. Okay, this is a different interpretation. I'm like, I want to say I'm going to go look at it again, but I really don't want to look at it again. No, the more you can avoid it, the better. Uh, It's just one of those properly disturbing paintings. Uh, There's something about it. It's like, it's the wildness in the eyes. I think there's like, there's something that really like, ugh, niggles at you. But then you were saying that, oh, he's this dark phase of his. Yeah, what were we talking about? I've forgotten already. Um, You've thrown me off my context. Creativity. That's all right. Let me think about this for a second. Um... (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about uh, creativity. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, I guess we're talking about we're finding inspiration in difficult times. Yeah, and then I don't know what I mean. Goya was was going slowly insane, I think, and then you know he he turned his house into his art form and refused to leave. And I suppose it's a phase. Yeah, actually, recently I I don't remember the name, but it's this Japanese artist who I think suffers from some form of schizophrenia. Okay, uh, and she uses it in her art. Oh, that's cool. And she, she, I saw some pictures on Instagram of. The, the, she, I think she has a German exhibition in, in Berlin, and like these huge rooms full of like these weird shapes and colors, like little blobs. They look like real life blobs, kind of like the blobs in 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 the moon. Yeah. Goddess movie, kid movie. We just over watched. the moon. Over the moon, that one. Um, just a bunch of blobs with colors and like these rooms with mirrors so it looks like it goes on and on like fields of little blobs and or like shiny metal and like they're like wow and and it's comes from her her mental illness so i, was, I thought that was an incredible way of, of, it's of using it yeah it's, to uh, not be deterred yeah well i think uh, we can probably start wrapping up here i think it was a good, interesting conversation no need for the random word generator today no that's true goodness but wow. uh yeah do let us know if you happen to know of any artists who you know who who created during like in a war zone or during wartime there's something interesting there that would i'd love to see some some stuff that was produced anyway um if you want to let us know stuff you can do so how can they contact us you can go to Instagram at dinocorn underscore TV or drop us an email at boredomandquarantinepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on any of the podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Note, go to the Dutch uh, area, uh, or where we actually publish it, Anchor FM. And yeah. Yep. And uh, we publish uh, Mondays at 5 p.m. Dutchy time. We have been the... 
Though we got bored during quarantine and we started our podcast. Podcast. Until soon. Bye-bye.